This is a public service announcement from Angel Bliss. The multi-award winning podcast that you're about to listen to contains pretty frank talk, sometimes on the subject of sex. And also, the dreadful people in it sometimes say naughty words. And listening to this podcast puts you in grave danger of joining the AmFam gang. Therefore, have to warn you that the podcast may not be suitable for everybody. Hello, hello, hello. We're back again. Oh, my goodness. We're flying through these. Um, Hello, I'm Angel Bliss, and this is the Accidentally MILF Online Dating Adventures After 50 podcast. I'm sitting here in the studio, as usual, with... The amazing long-locked Richard, yay! The um, the fabulous Freddie, yay! That's a big cheer. And my, as usual, very special guest, my very first Tinder get Tinder gate Tinder date, Johnny Tooties. So this podcast is all about the online dating adventures that I have had since breaking up with my husband several years ago after I caught him cheating. Yes friend signed me up on the dating site and I found that I was matching almost solely with guys who were a good 20 years younger than me and instead of thinking oh no I can't possibly do that oh no that'd be far too inappropriate I just thought you know what I'm gonna go out with a few of these guys and find out what this age gap dating scenario is all about I mean frankly I didn't really have much option except for the story that I'm about to tell you in this episode because for once in fact I think this has probably been in many years of online dating my only age appropriate match So for once, the story I'm about to tell you is about a guy who was only one year younger than me. I know you're going to find it hard to believe after everything else I've told you, but it's true, he was only one year younger than me. But oh my goodness, (laughs) the story ended up being every bit as dramatic and bizarre as the dates that I had with the younger guys. So keep listening and you'll hear all the gory details. And usually it's me that's toe-curlingly mortified. But if this guy happens to be listening, believe me, he will be the one squirming in embarrassment after I reveal what happened. Johnny's going to be talking to us later about a little side hustle that he had going, selling extremely rude pictures of one of his body parts. So here's a sneak peek of what's coming up. I don't want someone, I don't want the idea. Someone have a pair of my underwear out there and everything. It's just fucking... buy a new pair send them a new pair. Yeah, but just the idea of someone having... It's regard. I don't want... To me, that's too much work. I'll just snap a picture of a bowel movement, but I'm not going to fucking go to U- the UPS store with a fucking pair of underwear. Like, that's that's too much. So I sat in the driver's seat and he sat in the passenger seat and we chatted a bit more. I can't believe I'm even telling people this is terrible. To. I feel really bad. <laughs> <laughs> and literally, we had a little snog and he went... So keep listening. 
Okay, you are all accidentally MILF family. That's am fam members just by listening. And oh my, you've been sending in some great voice notes. Please keep them coming. And here's a story that was just sent in on a message. And it's so good that I just have to read it out. It's from am fam member Laura in Idaho. And she's going to be getting a nice gift in the mail just for sending it in. Here's what she said. I went on a date with a guy I'd matched with on Tinder. He was gorgeous and I couldn't wait to jump into bed with him. But he made us wait until we'd had four dates, all of them at Denny's. Ew. (laughs) Sorry, no no disrespect to Denny's, but four dates at Denny's until he said we could finally get carnally involved. (laughs) So I was all dressed up with my best lingerie under my clothes and tried hard to look as sexy as possible to give him the best time. We'd met in a bar and then went back to his place. This was, I presume, after the four Denny's dates. He told me he had to go make a phone call before we could get into bed and he disappeared into his room so I couldn't hear who he was calling. He finally came back and took me into the bedroom and started to undress me. I got down to my sexy lingerie and I could see it was really turning him on. I wonder how she could tell that, Richard. (laughs) (laughs) Then his doorbell rang and he told me to wait on the bed. A couple of minutes later, he came back with four bags of food from Denny's. He'd ordered everything we'd eaten on the four dates we'd had there and proceeded to cover my body in fried eggs, hash browns, pancakes, mashed potatoes, chicken drumsticks, fried fish and either a moons over my hammy sandwich along with ketchup and pickles. He then lay... Oh, this is so gross. He then lay on top of me squashing all the food and tried to have sex with me. <laughs> but, the, but the stench of all the food was making me nauseous. It would be too. Ugh. Not only that, but it ruined my sexy lingerie. I picked up a, a handful of jello that had fallen off into the bed, rubbed it in his hair and told him I was out of there. I put my clothes back on. It was awful because everything was so wet. And I got out of there as fast as I could. Never seen him since. Shame as he was hot, but not with a smell of fried fish and pickle. (laughs) (laughs) He must have had, like, a food fetish of some kind. I mean, I understand, like, a bit of cream or something or a bit of cherries on your nipples or whatever. Have you ever done food stuff? Does that turn you on? Is that a thing? No? (laughs) But not... Four lots of dinners from Denny's, all contrasting on your lingerie. I'm sorry, no. Thank you so much to Laura. We're going to send you a special gift. It won't be Denny's vouchers, I promise. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to tell you about my date now with an age-appropriate man. I mean, can you actually believe it that I actually found a man that I actually fancied who fancied me who was the same age as me? I mean, it's unheard of, isn't it? So he was Italian from Milano with long, curly black hair and a very sexy Italian accent. He was a fancy art collector and dealer working in Los Angeles, had his own gallery, was really like deep into the art world. He looked really cool, extremely sexy, really, really good looking guy. He had a really successful profession uh, in the art world. Um, and 
it just kind of seemed like too good to be true. Um, and he only had one picture up and we matched and he literally sent me a message saying, would you like to meet for an innocuous cup of coffee? And I said, yeah, all right. And I was like, why did he do it? And I just thought, oh, that's, he's fine. Like, I'll just meet him. It'll be fine. Um, and then I discovered that he had a really good job and he was around the same age as me. He seemed that we'd have a lot in common. So we went on a date and I was like super nervous. I don't, not normally nervous really, but I was super nervous. I thought, this could be good. So the plan was that we were going to meet for drinks at a romantic rooftop bar in Santa Monica facing the ocean so that we could watch the sunset. But there was a kind of little design fault with that because I actually ended up having to postpone the meet-up time by an hour or so because I had something that came up at work. And so by the time actually I was on my way there, it was already dark, so it was a bit of an epic fail missing the sunset. But anyway, here's me on the way to the date. I am on my way to meet, um, I'm calling him innocuous coffee man um, because his opening line to me on Tinder was would you like to meet for an innocuous coffee um, and I just said yeah alright <laughs> like you know there is a certain amount of getting to know each other that I like to normally do but this time I just thought you know what let's just meet Let's just cut out all the kind of crappy um, backwards and forwards and questions and how was your day rubbish and just um, go to meet. So I'm on my way to meet him now for the very first time. Oh, and uh, the innocuous coffee has turned into um, uh, rooftop cocktails uh, by the sea, which actually I much prefer. So I've not got like ragingly high hopes. Well, I do have high hopes, but I don't have high expectations, put it that way. Okay, that's good. That's a good dis distinction, that really, isn't it? High hopes, always. Uh, low expectations, as usual. So we met at the rooftop bar. Couldn't see the ocean, but it was good to know that he was actually there. Um, our knees were touching most of the time. It was a really nice date and I'm just going to throw it to the recording that I made on the way home and you can hear all about it. Uh, hi! Uh, um, well... <laughs> um, oh, I don't know what to say except... Um, oh, it was really, really good. I really, really, really like him. We spent three hours having like really good conversation. Except, I think I would say he's a lot more arty and cultured than I am, and I felt a bit philistiney sometimes. But I was able to be honest about like the fact that I'm not really into art, and he's really big into art. But there was just some sort of warmth about him that I really liked. And I wasn't sure, like he wasn't flirty, flirty galerting with me. Um, but then towards the end, we kind of discussed it and he said something. Oh my goodness, two raccoons on the roadside. Whoa, there's a sign. Um, so uh, he, <laughs> sorry about that. He um, said, 
I think this is working, isn't it? Like we're getting on and there is there is chemistry. And I was like, oh, he likes me. And so at that point, and I noticed that our knees were touching and then I think he kissed me. I don't really remember very clearly our first kiss, but it was in this bar and we had a little kiss. And then, um, then we were leaving and I went to the restroom and I had to wait and we had a proper snog outside the restroom and that was really good. Um, and then I drove him to his car because uh, his car was parked quite a long way away and mine was really near. And we had a super, super big snog in the car and it got a bit raunchy. Um, I mean, like, not too bad, but you know, it just like, it was like, oh yeah, there's proper chemistry here. And it's like, we said, well, what do we do with this? And I said, well, I think we take it slow. I can't believe I said that. I said, I think we shouldn't rush into it. Oh my God. It's so not like me to not rush into something. And the other great thing was he'd only been on Tinder for four days and I was the first person he'd met. And I can't believe this, but I said to him, I think you should go out with some others. But I, but I said it in the context of, because then you'll know how lucky you are that you found me. I was just being a bit cheeky. He said he'd had a few night, one night stands and he, he meets lots of people in his day-to-day -day life. And I said, so why are you on Tinder then? And he said his friend had recommended it. And he said, you don't hold hands with a one night stand. And so obviously I made a point of completely holding his hand on the way to the car. I definitely think there's something there and there's huge potential and I'm hoping I'm not overblowing it. Days, it's all gone. Well, I did actually hear from him again. It was about two weeks later that we finally arranged to meet up for lunch and it was at this like really posh restaurant by the ocean on the Pacific Coast Highway in Malibu. Mm. <laughs> I know. Anyway, we're going to come back to the rest of that story in a bit. <laughs> It's just so excruciatingly embarrassing. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, I promise you that I'll tell you the rest of the story. But I think one of the reasons that I was so enthusiastic about him was because he had quite a fancy job. And so it made him intellectually stimulating. I don't know. Johnny, have you ever gone out with anyone that had a really fancy job? Yeah. It, and that's fine. I have no problem with that. But they typically want you to have an equally fancy job or um, they feel like because they have they're doing well that if they're going to treat you seriously as a mate that you should be doing just as well as them as well as them if not better which is fine you know people want to date up they want to date equally but it, you can miss out on some great people when you use that as a criterion for it's like because i've been out with lawyers and all these people you know people would awesome professions like that who work their ass off and that's great you're successful and all that but it's like me i lived the starving artist lifestyle for 10 years in hollywood and tried to make shit work that i just took a different path you know it's not that i'm incapable of getting an office job or doing whatever it's i went down a different road people in certain professions tend to turn their nose up at that i have no problem dating someone who is very successful or and like I'm not trying to get money out of them or, or whatever, but it, I often feel that if I match with a lawyer or something on an app who's attractive, um, I usually get the get the sense that 
they're going to not want to associate with me because I am not on their perceived uh, social level. But I've been surprised before. I matched with this beautiful Indian finance girl right before I left L.A., and I was still dancing at the time. And I didn't like telling people what I did, not because I was ashamed, but um, because through repetition, I learned that, you know, they, they, I was made to feel ashamed of it. And um, this girl ended up looking me up and she was, she was like, no, I think that's super cool. I was shocked because she made like half a million dollars a year and everything. And I met her at Bar Marmont and, or at Chateau Marmont and, and we slept together at the Four Seasons in Beverly Hills. And, you know, then I moved back east and we've kept in touch here and there. But it was a great, she was a great girl. And I was very surprised that she wanted to uh, associate with someone like me. Mm. But it's it's rare. <laughs> so you know me very well now. So where do you think, what do you think I should be looking for? What kind of person do you think would be compatible with me? Someone with a fucking sense of humor <laughs> and a brain. I mean, that goes without saying. But as far as the type goes, like, I, maybe musician or an artist, I, I feel like. No, you get no, along I was with... married to a musician. Yes, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know you were, but I'm saying, <laughs> I see you need someone who's not stodgy and up their own ass. <laughs> Speaking of up the ass, have you ever been propositioned by a man? I'll tell you a fun story. And this is, I don't think I've told you this before, but um, I have an Instagram and I, a lot of that is dancing oriented content from you know, when I was doing stripping and go-go dancing and everything. And I, a lot of my fan base is, is males because men like naked men or guys in underwear and shit like that. And I mean, I'm pretty confident with my body and it's, and I will, confident in a pair of briefs and so I'll, I'll take pictures like that and put it on instagram whatever no big deal well some guy messaged me i had no idea who he was looked to be like an asian guy and he was like like let's start using language like you're an alpha jock aren't you and <laughs> you're a straight alpha jock he's like a, i bet you're fucking Ball smell great. Like, you said balls smell fucking great. I bet they fucking smell like sweat. Like it's just super pervy and and in like the gay community, like there's like a whole like sub class. There are different classifications, but like I might just block people like that right off the bat. But I was like, dude, who do you think you are trying to talk to me like that? And he messaged me back. He's like, Oh, I'm sorry, sir. He's like, I should have offered tribute. He's like, What can I do? To, to apologize, can I send you money? I thought he was fucking with me. I'm like, yeah, send me, Venmo me 20 bucks. And I sent him my Venmo, and then within 30 seconds, I got a Venmo notification. He sent me 20 bucks. <laughs> he's like, he's like, is that enough, sir? He's like, do I need to send more? I was like, yeah, send me another 20. <laughs> he sent me another 20 bucks. <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit. So I was like, hey, thanks a lot, but don't step out of line again. And he's like, I'm sorry, sir. You know, have a good night. A few days later, he hits me up. He's like, it's like, how's the alpha stud doing? <laughs> and he's like, he's like, I just, I'm sitting here because I've heard of like financial domination bullshit before. And because I have friends in the adult industry, like women who they always get these guys who are like, oh, mistress, can I pay you? 
to for your attention to talk to me and they, they make a ton of money just by telling these guys how there's something called a debt contract where they have a lawyer draft up contracts where the guy has to pay her a certain amount you know in three years like hundred fifty thousand dollars you know and the guys get off on that like it's crazy it's insane it's an insane world but anyway back to this guy hits me up again you know i, I just want your alpha attention and all and so i'm like you know i'm playing along because like this guy said money like you don't deserve it i was like send me 50 bucks send me 50 bucks so i'm like oh, i paid 90 bucks just like this guy pretty much fuck off for the most part wow. so that kept on and then how much did he send you well getting that he was like god he's like i was like i bet you fucking i bet your shit smells so good no i bet your shit smells so good it's alpha <laughs> shit all the protein from the gym oh like really no <laughs> and i'm like i'm like yeah bro it smells fucking amazing it really stinks man it's like i was like i had chipotle it fucking and he's like oh yeah he's like i could tell he's like jerking off on the other end or whatever and this is all through text by the way i would never spoke with anyone um he's like send me a picture of it and i'm like i'm not gonna send you a picture of my shit <laughs> he's, he's like please sir please he's like I'm worthless. I'll pay whatever you want. I'm just doing like calculations by how long. What's going right for a picture of shit? <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> so like, I'm like, well, I, I would have to go anyway. So I actually went, and there was a. Uh, it was a pretty good one. You took a picture of you. It was very serpentine and thick, and um, it's coiled. The bowl. I said, took a picture of it. I said, I have one. I said, $250. <laughs> sent me $250. No way. $250. And I sent him a picture of my bowel movement. He's like, oh, that's so hot, sir. Maybe you should mail me a pair of your underwear. And I dropped it I'm like, no. I said, Why not? Because I want something different. It's different. I don't want someone. I don't want the idea. Someone having a pair of my underwear out there and everything. It's just fucking. Buy a new pair. And send them a new pair. Yeah, but I just the idea of someone having. It's, regard. I don't want. To me, that's too much work. I'll just snap a picture of a bowel movement, but I'm not gonna fucking go to U, the UPS store with a fucking pair of underwear. Like that's that's too much. That's a bridge too far. Thousand dollars. Oh, he wouldn't have paid that. I don't know that. But. I, I so he started acting like the ball was like he had the power because I had indulged him. I put him in his place and like I'm not sending you a goddamn thing. I don't care if you fucking pay me. Well, I'm sorry, sir. I'm, I'm sorry. You know, I stepped out of line. I'm worthless. You know. When it ended was he asked for a picture of my fucking ball, and I was like, it's gonna be 250 bucks. Is that all? I think it's worth more well, than that. No, because he fucking. I could tell. I had a feeling that he would have blanched it. Anything else? So I'm like, well, it's two hundred fifty bucks. And he's like, yes, yes, sir. And I'm like, I'm not gonna take a picture of my fucking butthole for a random dude on the internet. So I went on Google search and I searched male buttholes on Google Image. <laughs> and I tried to find the one that would like not pop up if a reverse image search happened. Like the one that was buried the most, in, but the one that looked like it was snapped realistically with yeah. a camera phone, not taken from a porno. And I finally found a close up of one. And so I, I cropped it and I kind of zoomed in a little. And I sent that to him, and he sent me 
250 bucks. Oh my god. And paid 250 bucks for a Google image butthole. He's like, he's like, well, I was hoping to see balls, sir, but I guess this would do. I was like, yeah, you're goddamn right, it'll fucking do. Please don't send in any requests for pictures of Johnny's butthole because you know what you're going to get. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, back to my wonderfully exciting date story where I actually thought I'd met the man of my dreams. I was about to go on my second date with him. Here is me. Absolutely. I was so, so nervous on the way to the date. I am horribly nervous. I feel physically sick. I really don't want to feel like this. It's horrible. It's a bit like stage fright. It's because I've got ridiculously high expectations and I'm scared that I'm going to be wrong about them. I'm driving on a really bendy, windy road through the mountains to get to where we're meeting. Um, and I'm just riddled with anxiety. I just hope I don't end up like freezing and not being able to say anything because I'm riddled with nerves. And I hope my acting skills are going to be coming to the fore to disguise the fact that I feel like this. I will um, report back later. So we had our lunch in the most beautiful setting overlooking the Pacific Ocean. Ooh, wow. Yeah. And we even saw dolphins doing like those jumps in the sea as we were eating lunch. Oh, Romantic, cool. yeah. And we sat very close to each other. It was like a kind of bar type area overlooking the sea. So we sat next to each other rather than facing each other. It was fine, it was fine, but ah, it's really hard to describe. It was fine, that we had lunch and then he said, oh, I've got to go and I've got, to, got a, um, an appointment at three or whatever it was. And I was like, oh, that's it, oh, okay. And then we had like a cuddle outside, like a, a hug thing. And I think he gave me a little peck on the lips, but that was it. And then he went out and I was like, um, oh, and then the other thing was, he's, he was like, oh, well, I think I'm free like two weeks next Wednesday or something. I'm like, no, you've got to be more keen than that. So I was, you'll, I'll, you'll hear it in the recording, I was a little bit disappointed. I have to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh. Why are you laughing? <laughs> Richard's so cruel. Anyway, this is me on the way home. Hello, it's me. <laughs> it's only two hours later and I'm on my way home. Upshot of it is, we kissed at the end and he said, the main thing now is to work out when I can see you again. And it was going to be like two weeks time and I said, no, that's too, so that, that's too far away. And so we're going to see each other Sunday or Monday. He talked a lot. It's quite serious. I wish I hadn't been so nervous. I mean, when I got there, I was fine. Um, but I wish I hadn't hyped it up to be such a fucking big deal. And we talked mostly about work, really, projects and stuff. It wasn't very personal and intimate this time. I think he's interested in me, for sure. 
just a bit, a little bit flat. It wasn't like, oh, sweep me off my feet and tell me you love me kind of thing. But maybe that's a good thing. I did still fancy him. There was definite chemistry. I don't know whether he's just too busy to really put in what is going to be needed to put in in order to get it to the next level. Maybe I should just go with the flow. I don't want to have to jump through the hoops. I just want it to be like solid, you know, from now. Let's just do it. Let's just like jump into it and beat it. And then if either of us are not happy, then we tell the other one and we stop. That's what I think. I just think, what is the point in standing on ceremony and doing the dance? The dance is kind of like so tortuous. This don't feel sick anymore anyway. Okay, bye. So it was about two weeks later when we finally arranged to meet again. And we arranged to meet at a bar close to my house, but it was actually really late at night. Um, and something happened that night that was absolutely mortifying. Not for me for once, but for him. Like, I am physically recoiling even thinking of what happened because I'm so mortified for the poor guy. Anyway, so <laughs> do you think I can... Oh, I feel like really means even telling the story. But I suppose, I suppose I've got to tell you, haven't I? We met at a bar. We had a good chat in the bar, a couple of drinks, and then... <laughs> <laughs> Have I told you this, Richard? Do you know this story? This is so. So we got in my car and we had a bit of a snog outside, and he's like, Oh, let's just go and let's sit in your car for a minute. Yeah. So that was a bit weird. I mean, he wasn't suggesting going in the back of the car or anything. No, but you can do a lot in the front, too. Well, you can. So I sat in the driver's seat and he sat in the passenger seat and we chatted a bit more. I can't believe I'm even telling people this, this is terrible. To. I feel really bad. <laughs> <laughs> and literally, we had a little snog and he went, <gasps> No. Yeah. <laughs> He's made him up. <laughs> came? He came in his pants with... <laughs> Zero stim. I mean, like spontaneous. That's I mean, a superpower. No, <laughs> no, that's a massive handicap. So I was like, I've got some Starbucks napkins in the glove compartment, <laughs> and it was just. I just. And did you clean them up? No, I gave them to him. I don't know oh, him okay. now. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's it. Was... Gone. Was and he I embarrassed or was he mortified. satisfied? Oh. No, no, no. Well, you wouldn't be, would you? I mean, they say that that men don't suffer from premature ejaculation. Women do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was absolutely mortifying for him and for me too, just on his behalf. But the really sad part about this whole story is that he couldn't get away from me fast enough that night, obviously because he was so embarrassed. And I never saw him again after all that promise of, yeah, he's going to be my boyfriend. 
never saw him again. What a sad story. Come on, you got to feel a bit sorry for me, Richard. No? Ah. Yeah. Come on, be a bit. It was a good. He was a good prospect. That one. But I guess though, maybe I would have. I would have had that would have been a recurring problem, so to speak. You know, maybe I, maybe I dodged a bullet. I don't know. I mean, that could if if he does it once, he probably does that a lot of the time. Maybe I dodged. A, I don't know. What do you think? Poor guy. Yeah, poor me. I lost my potential really good catch boyfriend, <laughs> all because of a bit of premature ejaculation. <laughs> Have you ever done that? Has that ever happened? No, to you? I mean I've had days where I am much more sensitive and it's easier to it faster. But like yeah. if I'm in danger, uh, if I'm having sex and I feel like I'm ready to pop. Like I try to slow down and desensitize or like think of something else to prolong it. Like, cause you know, I don't want to fuck. No, but we weren't even having. I know like... you weren't. I know, but I've definitely never had, I've never achieved climax without any stimulation of my penis. But Not even when I was in high school. You that... should take it as a compliment. Your, your, your powers. Yeah, but then and then I, I guess it would have been a nightmare, though, wouldn't it? Like, trying to navigate that problem. Well, I mean, maybe it was a, a one-time thing. It's Who knows if it's chronic? I think it probably was. I've yeah, never I mean, heard it, from it, him it, since. Chances are it might down. be chronic. I mean, yeah. that's what nerds do. Is they come in their pants from looking at a girl. <laughs> yeah, do they? Really? Yes. They get nosebleeds and come in their path. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that romance sadly um, ended. And you know, but you know what? I'm really grateful for it. I was actually really upset because I just thought it wasn't a nice way to end a relationship. How did it, it end? Did you get in touch that, with him again, or did you? Yeah, I think like we texted. And... Oh, so he did reply. Did you... Yeah, he didn't ghost me. Did you but... guys bring it up? So I don't think people realize how hard it is to actually find someone you genuinely connect with to have everything aligned, whether it yeah. be the physical, the mental, yeah. the emotional, like it's just so hard. Yeah. Well, that was so hard too. You, know, you're, you connected on, uh, it sounded like a, a burgeoning emotional level and a, a intellectual level, but physically uh, there was a shortcoming there that... Yeah. You so to speak. Been able to <laughs> s- s- sustain. Shortcoming. Yeah. yeah. Wow, I did that was I that was I'll take credit for that wordplay. I did on purpose. Shortcoming. There we go. Okay, it's time now for the tips that we've learned from this episode. Number one. If you go on a date with somebody and you think there's real potential there, really try your best not to overthink it so that you don't end up like I was, a bag of nerves on the second date. Just try and be cool and accept that it will be however it is going to be. Number two, momentum is everything. Try to avoid getting into a situation like I did where there's like two and three weeks between the dates. I think relationships are all about building momentum and in my opinion two and three weeks to wait before a second date is a bit too much. And number three, if you want to keep things non-saucy and non-raunchy, don't let a man get into your car after a date. I mean, come on, it's asking for trouble. Thank you once more for listening. We will see you next time. We've got 
oh my goodness, the most the most extreme story I think of all is going to be in the next episode. Um, oh, I don't even know where to begin to even remotely tease you about it, but it's the most dangerous situation that I've ever been in, probably in my life. And uh, Johnny rubbed shoulders with this particular date. He was extremely jealous of Johnny because he happened to be in my house. Anyway, so much drama going on in the next episode. Oh my goodness, I can't wait to tell you. Here's a sneak peek. The danger of the, the situation that I was in, it kind of began to dawn on me. You know, when you get that feeling, that like sick feeling in the pit of your stomach, when you know that something bad is going on and you've been an idiot. <laughs> well, that's exactly how I felt. How do you feel seeing another man with an erect penis? I was at male dancer. Do you know how many dicks I saw? Like, oh, because yeah. we'd well, go we in the back out. room, we'd all change in the back room and then we'd like turn our backs and fluff to porn on our phones. So honestly, without that experience of dancing, I don't know if I'd be able to do like an MFM situation. <laughs> Okay, so that's all we've got time for in this episode. Thank you once more to all you amazing AmFams for listening. It really makes a massive difference um, knowing that you're here and we're talking to you and we're doing this for you. And we really appreciate every single one of you. Thank you for all the messages. Please don't forget to follow us on social media. Please give us a nice review and remember to subscribe to the podcast. We're on all the usual platforms. The website's accidentallymilf.com and you've got all the links there to all the social media platforms. Join in the fun. This is all about having a community and having a laugh with each other fundamentally. We want to inspire you. We want you to learn from the mistakes that I keep making. But I really also want to inspire anyone who's feeling a little bit lonely to get yourself out there, dust yourself off, go and do some online dating, but above all, please stay safe. All right, thank you to the amazing Richard, thank you to the amazing Freddie, and thanks once more to the amazing Johnny Two Ts. Love you all, see you next time, bye. This podcast was brought to you by the fab team at Glistening Productions. It was produced by Angela Smith and Jeff Tetro. Music is by Epidemic Sound and the theme music is by Ten Towers. Studio producer was Freddie Chopper. Studio engineer is the lovely Richard Venti. Consulting producer is Phil Parsons. Executive producers are Angela Smith and M. Jacoby. And I'm your host, Angel Bliss, with special guest Johnny Two Ts. Listening Productions. <laughs> so I dated a baker, and of course, he had no problem getting a ride. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Long days, it's all gone.